Welcome to Tech Down, the periodic podcast discussing technology and other nerd-related topics. I'm Adam, joined as always by my co-host Aaron. How's it going, Aaron? Hey, dude, I'm good, man. What what's uh what's the haps? <sighs> the haps. Um, Do people still say that? Yeah, I mean, you said it right now. Yeah, your people. I've been told. Uh, well, so what's going on? Um. Not a whole lot, man. I've been recovering from the weekend. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's been back to earth after an awesome vacation weekend that uh, you happened to join me on. I just happened to drop by. I'm like a Christmas special guest on your vacations. You just knock on the door. Like, Look yeah. who's here. Oh, I wonder who that could be as you're you're putting some cookies into the oven. Yeah. Uh yeah, so um we took a family trip up north. Uh we live in Michigan, of course, so going up north is what you do just about every weekend of the summer. Uh and we took a trip up to Gladwin, Michigan, is that right? Uh I yeah, I think so. Caught me off guard. I have a pretty loose grasp of where we actually were, but I think that is what it was called. Yeah. I mean, it was like a little past Midland, Michigan. I'm pointing at an area on my hand that indicates where we were. Yeah, right there. on your mitten. Yep, is on the mitten. Yeah, it was a it was a really good uh, cottage getaway for uh, you and me and our significant others and a couple other a uh, uh, couple other people, Andrew and his significant other and family friends Max and Caitlin, friends of the show, family friends of the show. Ooh, yeah, there I you go. So yeah. Um, yeah, we, uh, we haven't done anything like this before where we like have a group hang session out, uh, out at the lake, but had a really good time. We got to play in the lake and paddleboard or paddle boat yep. and, uh, and kayak and sit around the fire pit, tell scary ghost stories. Well, that part didn't happen, but we yeah. ate tons of s'mores. We did do that. You like, you gotta have a s'more, right? If there's a fire. That's my policy, and that's why I bought a fire pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably lousy with s'mores over at your house. Lousy with them? Lousy with s'mores. People say that. No. I know because I'm people. No one says that. That is well, the haps, Adam. <laughs> you can't. You're like uh, reneging on, uh, <laughs> on, no, uh, on what people is. The haps, people say. And that's why I'm comfortable dropping that in the middle of conversation. The other okay. one, not so much. Oh, okay. And then the one thing that you didn't mention that we also did was drink beer. We drank a lot of beer. Well, I mean, that goes without saying, right? Is that implied when we say family vacation? Yeah, yeah cottage getaway. For you and me, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a really good time. Like you said, we hadn't done it before. Um, I forget exactly where we booked it through. That was all in your court, but you did a fantastic job making it happen, dude. Dude, so yeah, uh, that's actually an interesting story that we can share with the listeners. Uh, I had originally booked a cottage for us through Airbnb. Um, for your bachelor party last summer, uh, we had booked a place, we, uh, your best man, John, booked a place through Airbnb and had a really good experience. And so I, uh, I wanted to try that out for this cottage getaway and uh, found a place. A couple months ago, found this place, and it looked really good. Everybody was excited about it. We paid our money, and I collected money from uh, from you guys. And then a week before we were set to go out, this jerk uh, canceled on us. Just n- no explanation. Just said, oh, yeah, your uh, your reservation is canceled. 
Yeah, not a very gracious host. No. No reason at all, huh? Just a blanket cancellation email? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we hadn't had any, uh, not communication, like, between the time when I reserved the place and paid the money and the time that he canceled. And I'm wondering if he expected some kind of communication. Um, I didn't have any, any kind of messages in my Airbnb mailbox or anything like that. Um... But, I don't know, maybe it's some kind of unwritten rule that you're supposed to check in with your host every once in a while. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. I've used Airbnb myself when Mary Beth and I went to New York, and basically, as soon as we booked our trip uh, in our hotel or our apartment that we booked, uh, it was one of, like, the Airbnb instant listings, so it, like, basically didn't have to go through a review period. You were just mm-hmm. instantly qualified. And very shortly after we did that, we got a message from our host, so I I don't think it was you in this situation. Mm. But it's a bummer that it was so close to when we were about to um, go on our trip. I mean, we had taken time off. Like, it was, it was kind of a, a little bit of a bummer there, but still ended up making it happen. Where did you end up booking through? So uh, when I was originally looking for places, I looked at Airbnb and VRBO. <clears throat> dot com verbo which is vacation renter buyer organization something along those lines um which is it seems like the de facto standard for uh for renting cottages and in vacation getaways and that that sort of thing um and so i i looked on there obviously there weren't a lot of places available on such short notice but i managed to find a place that had very recently been purchased by uh the people who were renting it and uh got got on board and uh we ended up having having a really good time which was a relief yeah i would rent there again i thought it was a cool place yeah and uh man so doing all this research um like Starting a couple of months ago, I was starting to look at places for us to go as a group, and uh, there were actually quite a few places booked up months and months ago, months and months in advance, um, which got me thinking that uh, we kind of live in a, uh, like a, I don't know what you would call it, like like we're sitting on a gold mine of... Oh, vacation properties? Yeah, yeah, in the state of Michigan. Because there are so many lakes and so many lake houses uh, that it seems like a lot of people uh, purchase these properties and kind of gather them out, up and then rent them out to people. And then, especially with sites like VRBO and Airbnb, have no problems renting it out to other people. So uh, I'm getting to the point in my life where I think that I might want to start thinking about having some kind of vacation rental property that I can rent out to people for a uh, a secondary income for a lot of the year and then have uh, it be a place that we can go as a family and take friends and stuff like that uh, when we want to go on a little uh, cottage getaway. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, so you and I actually uh, looked at a couple places that were for sale on the lake, which was uh, it's it kind of cool. I hadn't done that before. Look for a, a house on a lake before. Yeah, and kind of slim pickings where we went anyway. At least yeah. the properties that were listed, but there were just some amazing places that are along that lake. It was kind of like a hodgepodge of 
really old shack looking places and then like brand new construction like bigger than my house uh cottages so it, it's there's a variety but uh yeah so you like kind of have to play the game of five ten years from now are most of the places going to look like that uh that small trailer looking yeah. property or are they going to look more like this huge mansion with you know solid glass walls facing the lake yeah so uh Stay uh, stay tuned, I guess. Maybe I'll just buy something for a song and uh, fix it up. Bring you with me. We'll take some take some hammers, take some nails, uh, and uh, fix up a, a cottage place. Yeah, spend an afternoon uh, renovating a house. Or like a, an entire summer, something like that. Yeah. Uh, because you, it, it seems like you are Mr. Homeowner Handyman at this point. You've been yeah. you've got a couple projects that you've been tackling. Mr. Homeowner, I like that. Yeah, you've really taken to it like a like a fish out of water. Congratulations. Thanks, dude. Or yeah. a fish to a fish to water. That's what <laughs> yeah. people say, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's go. That does make a little more sense, I guess. Yeah, it's it's been fun, but it's also been a lot of work. Like I had all these plans that I'd like to do this and I'd like to do that, but like I've said it before that just maintaining uh what you have is hard enough, let alone improving it. And things just seem to come up like in the same two week stretch of time, like um, we neglected the water in our pool for too long. So it just like turned gross and green. So we had to like deal with fixing that and that's okay now. But at the same time, we also found out from our neighbors that we have some poison ivy that's like right alongside their fence. It doesn't bother us because it's mixed alongside flowers. So we're not like going through the flowers, but it grows through the fence onto the other side. And they have dogs and kids, so we got to take care of that, too. And then also, like, our other neighbors have us on alert about, like, a mouse problem that's going on. So I have to take care of that also, in addition to just, like, <laughs> the things I had originally planned to do before all this stuff cropped up. So it's just been an exercise of setbacks, I guess. Nothing, yeah. like, huge, but at the same time, I'm, like, spending all of my uh, afternoons and weekends when I'm not on the lake with you guys um painting our deck too so that's that's the project i'm in the middle of right now yeah it never stops man Jeez. um and you've got a, a garden too that's coming along very yeah. nicely you've you've like mulched your entire backyard yep no more grass just mulch uh i mean you're not you're not entirely wrong i barely have any grass and a whole lot of mulch yeah uh, but it it looks uh, looks really nice. It's a good place for entertaining, and uh, it, you've got a lot of stuff going on. But I think you're taking care of it very nicely. Thanks, man. Yeah, I, and I the plan was and still is to take it relatively easy this year. Kind of like see what grows during the summer and what problems or pain points we face throughout the year before we like really throw a lot of time or money into fixing one thing that may or may not be that big of a deal. You know. So really trying to take it slow, but there's still these little things that pop up here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, did I see on Snapchat that you also sent uh, your wife some flowers? Oh, just like out of the blue. Well, it it was her birthday like two weeks ago, and I had um, she had a bike from Walmart that she wanted. It's like this really cool looking cruiser that's like banana yellow. Um, but it was a problem because I drive a sedan and I couldn't transport it from the Walmart to home. So I 
uh, had it shipped and it arrived today actually still need to put it together but i also got her a card and some flowers to go along with it as a belated birthday gift mm. i just i feel like you're putting the rest of us to shame you're like setting the bar really high for relationships and home ownership it's the first year you know gotta have a, a strong note for the first year of marriage yeah the, good point yeah it's all downhill from here i'm sure yeah you start to slack a little bit couple cracks in the windows and before you know it you're just uh wallowing in your own filth yep yep. yeah um hey so uh it seems like a good segue to talk about this uh third bullet point in our in our topics oh yeah are you game to go out of order yeah let's do it yeah so uh we had a brief discussion about this uh while we were up north last weekend um but you've been busy with some home automation speaking of home projects um, do you want to, do you want to talk about that? A For little bit? sure. Yeah. So when I bought my house back in February, uh, it came with a, I'm going to mispronounce this slage, sludge, smart lock, you know, slave. Sl- oh, no, I don't think that's it. It didn't come with a slave. <laughs> no. Oh no. We kind of edited that out. Um, no, but it, uh, it, it came with this smart lock, which was really cool because it has like a keypad on it and if you hook up like a smart hub to it you could control it with your phone and even do like some cool stuff using if if you're not aware IFTTT which is like a recipe based uh web service where you can say for my case when my phone leaves like a certain perimeter like my house for instance then lock the door which is pretty neat, and I enjoyed that, especially because all I had to do was provide the smart hub because um, the lock was already there when I purchased the house. And that would that had been the extent of my home automation uh, for the last few months. So now, since the last time we recorded, um, I have installed the iOS 10 beta onto my phone. I installed beta 2 and recently upgraded beta 3. And one of the coolest things about iOS 10 that I was super excited to see during the WWDC keynote was that they're going to have this new Home app. So before HomeKit existed, and that is a thing that developers could plug into, but you still had to use like the Philips Hue app or I forget what else, like uh, the Slage app if you wanted to control your doorknob. So now there's one app on uh, pre-installed on everybody's phones that all this stuff that's HomeKit compatible will plug into. So when Amazon Prime Day rolled around not too long ago, we're recording on July 20th, I think it was like the 12th or something, um, I saw an awesome deal on Philips Hue, Philip Hue light bulbs. So I went ahead and got a starter kit, which came with two light bulbs and a hub. I went ahead and installed those outside, one on my deck and one on my front porch. Uh, and then basically immediately after installing those, I got in the car and drove two miles north to go up north. And that's where I really excitedly showed you that I could use Siri to turn on or off my light bulbs or even set them to a certain dimness. But I didn't have like any way to show you. So it was kind of like, oh, just take it at face value that something's actually happening at home, even though I can't show you that it is. <laughs> so so that's been uh, been my extra little development in my home automation sphere. But since I saw you last, I did make one other purchase. Oh, really? Yeah. So my purchase is actually the same door lock that I have now. It looks identical, but this one supports HomeKit, whereas the other one did not. Is it, it's still Slage? Yeah, still the Slage. 
Um, only huh. now it's if you want to get specific, it's the Slage Sense and not the Slage Connect. Okay, and so you are replacing the one in your front door with this one. Yep. Yeah. So now I can get rid of my Smart Hub, the Smart Things Hub, um, and I can go all in on HomeKit, which I'm pretty excited about. Not have like two systems. Did you buy it and and uh, install it already? No, it should arrive tomorrow. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, so um, my experience with home automation, uh, I've got some coworkers who listen to this show, so I need to be careful. Um, but I've got some coworkers who are uh, really into home automation. Yeah. And they go, uh, it's like a, a big hobby for them and they really enjoy it. And they've got uh, all sorts of custom apps and if this, then that integrations and scripts that are, are written. And uh, they it seems, from my perspective, that they spend a lot of time and money on this on uh you know basically making it so they don't have to stand up and walk five feet to turn a light on and uh and it just it turns itself on uh you know when they when they say something um which you know that's that's fantastic if it's your hobby you know you're you're having fun with it um it's not up to me to tell other people how to spend their time and or money um but it wasn't something that appealed to me um until I talked to you, actually, and got your thoughts on kind of the HomeKit enabled stuff. And uh, specifically, I am interested in uh, how you have installed your Philips Hue bulbs outside. And so they uh, will turn on when the sun goes down. Yes. Because HomeKit knows when sundown is. And they will turn off when the sun comes up because they know when sun up is. Um. And so that's the sort of thing that really appeals to me a little bit more because that's just one switch that I flip, or two switches, I guess, that I flip every single day or twice a day mm-hmm. that I wouldn't have to worry about anymore. And basically, I would be able to set it up and then not have to worry about it anymore. Like, most of the time, um, since, you know, since it's HomeKit, since it's Apple stuff, uh, it should just work most of the time without any tinkering. Um, and the downside of HomeKit, uh, of course, is, uh, as some of my coworkers will tell you that there's a lot less, uh, like fiddling around that you can do with HomeKit stuff. There's less like personalized scripts that, that, uh, that you can write. Oh yeah. I agree with that for sure. Yeah, I mean it's it's dead simple to set up and it should work most of the time. But if you want to start to do really powerful stuff, then uh, you you're kind of you're kind of stuck. Um, but that's perfect for me because I don't uh, I don't really want to spend my time fiddling around with it. I want it to actually save uh, save me the hassle of having to you know do do the things that I do every day. So um, I think I'm actually going to make the jump and get these uh, these Philips Hue bulbs. That you got the starter kit at least, and try it out, especially once I uh, once I get iOS 10 installed because uh, I'm not I'm not rocking that yet, so I don't have the HomeKit app. Um, but uh, but yeah, you've you've convinced me to get on board, which I'm sure is just going to be a slippery slope into madness of home automation. Oh and, yeah, you know, three months from now, I'm just going to be uh, rolling around in the fetal position with light bulbs that won't turn on or that keep power cycling 
and uh, stuck in an infinite loop. So I've got my own little mini rave going. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I totally agree. I mean, everybody is right in this situation. Like nobody, it, if you want to go out of your way to create custom scripts to do extra things, um, yeah, you're definitely going to have more functionality for sure. Um, I've actually been pleasantly surprised with what I can do with the home app. Uh, for instance, I don't believe, but for one thing, the Philips app is not very good. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't really see an option to dim my lights through that app. It might be in there, but it was not. It was kind of buried. Whereas it seems like that's functionality that you can only do in the home app through Apple. Um, and even further than that, like it's cool enough that I can control the lights or even this precise dimness um, with Siri, but they also have a watch app too. So I can use the digital crown to fine tune the dimness of my lights and watch it happen in real time. Like the responsiveness is amazing. And that's some, some feedback that I've heard about other systems is there is a little bit of a delay sometimes between when you hit the button and when your light actually turns on, for instance. Um, yeah, but it, this is my first step into real true home automation and I'm already like just thinking about other cool things that I would love, like smart door or smart, uh, doorbells, um, thermostat. Yeah. The thermostat, of course. Um, and on that subject, I think I would rather go with the eco B3 than the nest. And this has pained me a lot because I like the nest hardware and the software, but Nest just seems a little bit troubled as a company. Like up until this week, they hadn't released a new product in like years. And they just came out with an outdoor camera now that doesn't really look that enticing. And it's, uh, that all aside, like there's just so much stuff that I can do in the future around these individual uh, products or even just like setting entire scenes. Like when I get home, unlock the door and set the temperature to my preferred temperature. Like those sorts of like um, pieces you can string together through the home app, which seem really cool, but I haven't really been able to play with that stuff because all I got are the light bulbs. Yeah, the stuff that you're talking about, uh, since I work from home, I spend a lot of time here. And so like adjusting the temperature when I get home, uh, not something that seems super useful to me. And I come in through my garage all the time. But you could also throw one of these Ecobee sensors into your son's room and know, for instance, that his room is a different temperature than the rest of the house. So maybe you want to fine tune that, you know? Can, but could I control the temperature of just his room? Uh, so I'm a little foggy on how it works, but it seems like it starts using that sensor to like uh, yeah. take the temperature readings. So when you adjust it, it will adjust like the whole house to to get to the temperature you want in that specific room. I'm a little foggy on how that works though. Yeah. I would imagine that we would, uh, if we, if we put the sensor in his room, then he would be like perfect 70 degrees and the rest of us would either be sweating or freezing to accommodate him. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just talking, I was just talking to another new father who was talking about getting a drop cam uh, instead of a typical baby monitor, because they are having a lot of problems with the battery life of the monitor itself and how it basically has to always be plugged in because it depletes so quickly. And if he got a drop cam, then once he's done using uh, it as a baby monitor, he can just use it as a camera in the house. And I think that's pretty neat also, actually. 
Like I wouldn't mind having some security cameras set up. Um, I haven't thought about too much, but either outdoors and maybe like one or two inside. Uh, yeah. So that is interesting on that topic. Uh, so we have a baby and we use a baby monitor. Um, and I friggin love our baby monitor. Um, it was like when we were picking out baby merchandise to register for, like, I was in charge of the baby monitor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was like the one thing that I had to check out. And I like was looking at, uh, I looked at a bunch of reviews and I thought like, oh, do I want something that's going to play a video on my phone? And then I can, you know, just, just watch my kid on my phone while he sleeps. That seems really cool. And I ended up not going that route and getting just a straight baby monitor that has a, like a, a night vision camera. And I can't remember the brand. I can maybe link to it in the show notes. Um, but, uh, I, I love it because it's a separate device for watching him that, uh, I can see him in the dark. And if I turn off the screen, it will still, uh, like it, it'll still like play noise or I can hear noise in his room and it does tell the temperature. So if I look at the screen, I can see the temperature. I just, I love, love, love it. And I've heard a lot of people complain about their baby monitors. Uh, but I, uh, I, li- I like the one that I got quite a bit. Oh, can you hear him? He hears you talking about the monitor. Off in the distance. Get that thing out of here. Maybe I don't need a baby monitor. I can just hear him through the walls. Yeah, you got a loud kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Ecobee, uh, that's, uh, that's, let's say, Ecobee, oh, no, 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 the, the, the drop cam. That's an interesting way to go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if I, uh, if I start working from an office again, I can get one of these and Keep an eye on the dumb dog. Yeah, there you go. Use it as a doggy cam. Yep. Uh, like I said, I'm sure that this is going <laughs> to be something that consumes my time and pocketbook soon enough. Yeah, it, I mean, it's one of those things that I dismissed out of hand like a while back. Like It was like, oh, yeah, controlling lights with Siri, that's kind of cool. Didn't really click until I did it myself and, you know, I'm on LTE, like I'm doing it in my kitchen, but I could theoretically be like in a different state and controlling my lights. And the stuff with the automation is really cool where you can tell it to come on or off at certain times of days or if like your phone enters a geofence, things like that. Um, But as far as the lights are concerned, uh, there's one other thing that I was really excited about. Eh, It's not coming to me. Is it, oh, it was something to do with colored lights. Aren't you going to get some of those? Oh, yeah. Mine are only white. That's why I, one of my reasons for putting them outside. And then, like, I got super into it. I'm like, this is amazing. It's the future. And so I went around counting uh, sockets in my house, and I need, like, $2,000 worth of light bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something crazy like that. So Well, you don't get it all at once. It's like $60 a bulb. How oh, often man. do these bulbs uh, have to be replaced? Uh, I, I don't know. Is it like every 60 days or so? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it's, uh, this can be a corner that we revisit from time to time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have more thoughts, especially, uh, once iOS 10 is actually out or if you end up installing it. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, speaking of iOS 10, uh, I don't think that we talked very much about, uh, your thoughts on it. Uh, you've taken the leap. And you put the the public beta on your daily driver, and uh, I'm curious about how how that's working out for you. HomeKit uh, stuff aside, 
Uh, it's been great. Yeah. Very few problems, which surprised me because I jumped on with beta two, which I thought was kind of early in the beta process. I mean, it's something that goes on all summer long and there will probably be like five or more betas total. So it's kind of early in my opinion to jump in, but no regrets. Uh, stability has been awesome. It's been very few uh, like crashes or freezes, anything like that. Like just a couple UI glitches here and there. Like I mentioned offline once that in the YouTube app, the search bar is not visible. Like you can still tap on it and use it, but it just it doesn't uh, appear to the user. Um, and then besides that, uh, some of the most useful stuff has been widgets for me. So they're very mm-hmm. accessible now. Like on the home screen, you can just swipe over uh to see your list of widgets and which widgets do you use so the one that has been really big for me because i only recently and maybe i talked about this on the show i only recently got into ways for navigation and they have a pretty slick uh oh. widget with that's just like a a couple of your predefined uh frequent locations like home and work and then other so you can tap it and instantly get a readout of how long it'll take you to get there and then just tap it again to actually launch into the app and start navigating. And that cuts down on a lot of button presses for me. Uh, it ended up being just a really cool lifesaver. Like, for instance, today was a Tigers game. So I just used the widget real quick to see how long my drive was without opening the app or even unlocking my phone, which was awesome. Um, what else has been cool about iOS 10? I mean, in general, the I really enjoy the tweaks they've made to the user interface. Like, there's a lot more rounded rectangles and things seem a little more bubbly. Like, now the uh, control center, if you swipe up from the bottom, it's, like, divided into two sections um, until you actually hook something up into the home app. And then there's a third section that appears with, like, your home stuff. And that's been nice but also weird because it remembers which page you're on so sometimes i swipe up and go to hit like the Uh, flashlight but it's actually over like by the 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 control centers on like the music page or whatever what what is the order of those three panels so it's your existing control center stuff that has like the little quick actions yeah then you scroll over and then to the right of that so if you swipe left and go to the right then it'll be all your music stuff like the now playing things Yep. And then you swipe one more time uh, to the left, and it will be your HomeKit stuff. So it adds it to the end there. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Same thing with Notification Center, too, I think, that there's two sections there. And that's been not as big of a deal, I don't think. Is there? Yeah, I think there is. Hold on. I've got the phone right in front of me. You're asking, is there two notifications? Yeah, there are two pages of it. So there's your notifications and then your widgets. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, your widgets are accessible just on the lock screen. And then if you're on notifications, they're still accessible, basically in the same spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I should say, I do have iOS 10 installed on my test iPod. And that's kind of what I'm I'm following along with as you're talking. Um, But I do not have it on my my main phone. So I'm not really... uh, not invested in it yet yeah and it's hard to i mean we're not reviewing this stuff but it's hard to talk about it in a silo where like you've only installed it on your test phone and i've installed it on my daily driver and i also have the watch beta on my watch 
And that's sweet because a lot of the coolest features that they announced, you need both of those to communicate with each other. And then even further, if you were to install the new um, Mac OS beta, Sierra, then you could do things like unlock your Mac with your watch. And that's like some of those coolest features. You really need to have this tightly, this beta like on all of your devices at once. So like, you know, I'm playing with some of this stuff now, but there's still going to be more to discover once it's final and it's released, you know? Yeah, they all work together uh, really nicely. And also it seems like a lot of the features are not going to be something that you can appreciate until developers release updates to apps that take advantage of the new APIs. Yeah, particularly on the watch where they're touting like seven-time increased uh, launch time for apps. Like I think I've noticed a slight uptick in uh, in time to launch, but I think that's something that will improve more if developers release uh, new versions in the fall also. I didn't know that develop. I don't have any watch apps, so I didn't pay too close attention. But I thought it was something that uh, would happen behind the scenes without too much developer, uh, without developers having to make changes. But maybe not. That could be the case, and it's just not there just yet. But I didn't notice like the startling uh, um, difference in launch time that I was expecting. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm excited about. I think I'm going to use widgets a lot more than I use uh, like the the notification center and like the today view, which the widgets list kind of uh, kind of replaces. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, just because it's a bit more accessible and it seems like a bit more customizable, um, I think it's going to be something that I really appreciate. I'm trying to get a widget that shows me tiger scores because that's something that I try to check basically every day you uh mentioning the tigers uh uh reminded me of that i use google now for that because they have persistent cards uh based on your interests so like tigers is one of mine so i just open that app and if tigers are playing it'll show me the score or like the schedule of games if they're not playing so mm-hmm. that's it it's not quite right there on the lock screen but if they were to ever release a widget i bet it would be what do you think about the new uh the new maps app in iOS ten? Uh I you know, I put it on my home screen and I was like, I'm gonna use this and then I didn't. Like I my flow is I use Waze for all things navigation and then I use Google Maps to like look up a specific point of interest or like get a phone number or hours for a store or something like that. So for everything that I use Google Maps for, I wanted to use Apple Maps. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I just realized how infrequently I actually do that. And it was just taking up room on my home screen. So I ended up just chucking that into my Apple folder, it's called. Hmm. And now I don't have Apple Maps or Google Maps on my main screen, just Waze. Just Waze, huh? Wow. And it also, like, I've been taking heavy uh, advantage of, like, the Siri app suggestions. I think they do a pretty good job of that. And that's one of those widgets that's on the lock screen also. So I end up launching into a lot of apps that aren't on my home screens through that, like HipChat for work, Google Maps for like what I was saying, like those quick one-off sorts of things. Um, And that's actually been really helpful. And that's something that existed, I think, in iOS 9 and I used it, but just seems even, even better now. Like, and, and the watch stuff, oh, it's so cool. Like, uh, they redesigned one of my most used apps, the timer app. 
uh, and it just makes a ton more sense now. It's just like a bunch of little circles for predefined uh, timers, and they are like, they hit the sweet spot for all these increments. It's like one minute and three minutes and five minutes and then like 15 minutes and then an hour and then two hours. Like I use all of those super frequently. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, you mentioned that um, I use timers all the time uh, on on my watch. It's one of the my most used things on my watch. And I use uh, navigation all the time on my phone. But both of those things I mainly interact with through Siri. And so, like the uh, the maps updates, um, I, it's what I use to navigate. But I don't really look at the maps very often. Hmm. Um, and timers, I don't look at. Like I don't even know what the interface looks like, other than some numbers that are are counting down yeah. on timer. Yeah, that that is pretty funny, actually. That like Siri is becoming your main interface for these yeah. apps. Um, is one of the uh, what do they call it? It's like a domain that works with Siri Kit. Yeah, a category uh, or whatever. Yeah, is w- one of the maps. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't think it is. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, so I don't think you're going to be able to uh, use, uh, like... It's like car sharing. That's as close as they got, I think. Car... Sh- oh, yeah, like Uber. Yeah. And Lyft. Uh, yeah, Um. once they do introduce a... Uh, Siri kit domain for maps and navigation. I'm going to try and use other, uh, other, other map apps again, but right now the Siri integration for Apple maps is just way, way too strong for me. And you made me, uh, you reminded me of something else when you mentioned using Siri for it. I am getting pretty jealous at this point because I'm using Siri more to like control my light bulbs and my timers and, um, things like that. I'm jealous that I can't search for songs to play. And it's made me yes. really want to get Apple Music for yes. like this summer as I'm beta testing again. But I haven't bit the bullet and actually done it just yet. Mm, yeah, I don't think I can do it until they change some things around in iTunes. Yeah, I mean, today probably would have been the day. Like I my, I got an email today that Spotify declined my card because it is an older one without a chip so because you're a deadbeat yeah because i'm a deadbeat so i cycled through all my different cards and finally found one that worked (laughs) Uh uh-huh so i mean i i'm curious to try the apple maps like siri stuff or apple maps apple music stuff um i just haven't actually ponied up the money to buy a subscription to apple music but one of the other apps that i know you love it current currently that i didn't like very much was the health app, and they've made some pretty big changes to that in iOS 10. Like it looks oh, yeah? quite a bit different, actually. And I'm it, like, to me, they released that app, and it was so bare bones, and like it just didn't look like a whole lot of anything. And now they've over a couple uh, iOS versions, they've been refining it and adding in some functionality. To on now, when I look at it, I'm like, yeah, this is actually an app that I would use or like even have on my home screen. You know, like it's getting to that point. Really. Hmm. I saw that they added uh like uh ovulation and menstruation categories. So that that's been in there, but Oh really? Oh yeah. that's not new? Yep. Oh, okay. Like sexual history, you can put that in there too if you want. Oh yeah? Yeah. That's hmm. already in there. Do they assign you a score? <laughs> new high score. They should. Yeah. And maybe chart the correlation of uh your sexual activity with your weight. And like productivity. Yeah, or oh mood. man, 
That's actually, uh, I like that idea a lot. Yeah? Gonna start huh. digging? Maybe. Maybe I'll see uh, see if a third-party app can pull in this information. All right. Uh, that That's all I have for iOS 10 right now, some preliminary findings. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to skip over our, let's see, our second bullet point and go to number one? Because I'm excited about number one. Yeah, and this is timely, so let's, let's do it now. Yeah, so uh, there's been an infestation. Of critters. Pokemans are running free across the entire country, as well as some other countries. And uh, I am told, I've received the instructions that uh, I need to catch them all. Have you, uh, have you been catching them all? I have been, yeah. So I signed up uh, the day it came out for um, the U.S. market, uh, and I've been trying to catch them all ever since. Uh, it's actually been a lot of fun. So you, you have downloaded the game? You've played it? Oh, yeah, totally. Um, And so if you are listening to this in the future or if you are living under a rock, uh, Nintendo's subsidiary, the Pokemon Company, Pokemon Company, uh, has released uh, their game Pokemon Go, which was uh, developed by... (sighs) Niantic. Niantic, yeah. Um, And basically it's a geocaching game where you walk around with your phone in the real world and your phone will buzz when a pokemon is nearby and you throw pokemon at it until uh you catch it in a poke or you throw pokeballs at it until you catch it in a pokeball um and as you catch pokemon you level up and you can level them up as you keep them for longer and uh there's gyms that you can take over that are like specific landmarks in your area which is kind of cool. Mostly churches. Mostly churches. There's Poke Stops, which uh, in my uh, in my uh, experience is fountains and statues and yep. like some stores. Landmarks. And so you like you go to a Poke Stop and uh, you you like you spin it and then you get some Pokeballs or some eggs, which might contain other Pokemon. Um, and the entire thing, like if you're listening to this in the future and people haven't played Pokemon Go in a while, we probably sound crazy right now. Um, but I, I would say that when the game works, which it has recently, um, it's actually quite a bit of fun and I enjoy it. And I love, 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 love what a huge phenomenon this is right now. And how the fact that you can walk around like any downtown area and just see dozens like literally groups and groups of people walking around with their phones out you know that they're playing pokemon go because they will you know it but it's confirmed when they stop and they try to catch a a a pikachu or something like that so it's pretty distinctive behavior they'll have like one finger on the screen and they're swiping or they'll just like not look around for like in you know 30 seconds straight just staring at their phone while they're walking like i've experienced people almost walking into me playing Pokemon just because they're so unobservant. Well, they are not paying attention to rule number one, which is uh, always be aware of your surroundings. Yeah, exactly. Or a Gyarados will eat you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's like the backdrop. Uh, you've been playing the the Pokemans, you said? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you said it exactly right. Like, the gameplay itself is kind of shallow, actually. Like, it's yeah. cool that your guy is actually like on a map view of where you are in the real world. Um, and to move your, your little man around, you have to physically move your body to get him from point A to point B. 
Like, that's pretty cool, and it's in line with Nintendo's, like, health-focused uh, consoles, like the Wii. Um, and I'm I'm right there with, uh, with thinking that's an awesome idea. Like, I found myself looking for excuses to go find Pokemon outside. Like, I'd go for a quick walk um, just because there's a gym, like, right down my street. So I'd go hit that up and then come back, and I did that a couple times over the last few weeks. Like, that has been amazing. And you... You said it right that all that aside, the coolest part about Pokemon has been the social impact. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been meeting strangers, like just walking around, and we're like talking about Pokemon and like what level are you or what, um, what, what team what are you? Team are you on? Yeah, exactly. Team Valor for the win. Um, and which color is Valor? Red. Oh my gosh, you're red. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, scum. What color are you? Blue, of course. Which is Of course is right. That does make sense, yeah. <laughs> what is the team name of blue? Is it Instinct? Instinct, yeah. And then I think yellow is Mystic. Mystique. Mystic. Or maybe maybe blue is Mystic. I don't even know. I'm such a bad blue. Yeah. Blue guy. I, Ugh. I, I just know I'm better than reds. Sure. <laughs> that, that's what blue has to tell themselves, because they don't have any gyms. <laughs> But you're right. It gives you something to talk about with complete strangers that you see walking around. And which now is we're like, awesome. yeah. And there's that competitive nature. Like it, it just came out right now. Like people I know at work, you know, we're talking about Pokemon, and then it's like, hey, wait a minute, what team are you? It's like, oh, forget all that advice I just gave you. <laughs> Do the opposite. Yeah. Or like, uh, my favorite moment from Pokemon so far. This was awesome. Was it's we live in Michigan and it's summer and we've had a couple of thunderstorms recently. So I hunkered down in my garage to watch a thunderstorm roll through and it was awesome. It was really cool. It looked great. And while I was waiting there, I pulled out Pokemon to see what was going on. And one of my nearby Pokemon, you kind of get like a radar of what's uh, near you, um, was the outline of a Pikachu, which means I'd never caught it before. It was a Mm. new Pokemon to me. Of course, I have to catch them all. So like when the rain subsided a little bit, I went out and I tried hunting it down. And this was like the first time I used like the little nearby radar to try to pinpoint where a Pokemon is. So I'm like walking in one direction and the Pikachu is getting further away. So I'd go in the other direction. I finally narrow it down. Like I'm down the street from my house at the corner. Like I'd been carrying a cup and then the Pikachu appears. And I'm like, oh crap, it's getting real now. So I put my cup down. I like get into battle mode. There's like clouds and lightning and shit going on in the background like perfect backdrop to catch a pikachu (laughs) actual lightning going on as you capture a pikachu perfect yeah really uh very uh very great ambiance there and then as i'm battling this pikachu from behind me i hear somebody open their front door and yell it's right there it's right there the pikachu catch it and i like turn around and i'm like i know i'm battling it right now (laughs) and so like i finish it i catch that pikachu it's awesome and then like okay uh by the way my name is aaron i think we're neighbors nice to meet you and like we're just you know i actually met a couple of my neighbors who live down the street based on pokemon like i just said earlier i've been in this house since february hadn't had a chance to meet them before and then like just in the middle of a thunderstorm trying to catch some pokemon like we bonded and it's like we're talking about it like oh you know all these pokemon are near the house and i say i work in downtown detroit like we have all these types of pokemon uh, I mentioned working at Quicken Loans, and they're like, oh, we just refinanced through Quicken Loans. So, like, instantly, like, we have all this shared interest and stuff to talk about. And, like, now I know my neighbors entirely based on Pokemon Go. Like, if that's not 
a perfect example of how this game can bring people together. Like it, it's amazing to me. I love that. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Um, I don't have any stories as cool as that. Uh, I think the coolest interaction that I've had was uh, I was out for a run and I had my phone on my arm. I was not playing Pokemon, but I saw a kid like lost in his own world walking around. I think trying to track down some kind of Pokemon and like I once I got close enough I yelled to him I think it was like the day that it came out I'm like playing Pokemon Go and he like looks at me and nods and I like give him a thumbs up (laughs) and he's got this big smile on his face it was uh it was really really kind of cool yeah I mean people of all ages are coming together and again shared interest yeah um so i i think that it's fascinating that the game is generating a reported 1.6 million dollars per day have you seen that nice insane um and i think kim kardashian level yeah and i think that it's also mind-blowing that it has seen this much success despite uh all of the technical problems that the game has had have you experienced this Oh yeah, for sure. It has been an, or it's gotten better, but at the beginning, the game was an absolute mess for me. I couldn't log in most of the time. Uh, once I would catch a Pokemon, it would freeze up most of the time, and I would have to restart it. And I would have to often re-enter my Google credentials in order to get back in often. And on top of that, there was this little mini fiasco going on where uh, the app had actually overstepped the permissions that it was requesting from Google because one of the ways that you can sign up for an account is is through Google. And it had basically requested like administrator access to your Google account. So they basically had uh, access to all of your emails and could write and send emails and do do all this sort of thing. And Almost all of that has been patched. Um, I haven't seen really any technical glitches in uh, in the past couple of days. I, I don't play very often, um, but when I do, it's been a pretty smooth experience. But it's uh, it's just amazing to me that not only has it been successful, but it has been remarkably successful uh, in spite of kind of a, a rocky a rocky rollout initially. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think I've seen some some um, facts thrown around that it's like something like the most downloaded app of all time. It's definitely the most popular game of all time. And that's like putting it in the same boat as like Angry Birds and Clash of Clans and like these games that took forever to build up. I think the day after it launched, it had more active users than Tinder and Twitter, which mm-hmm. Twitter has been around since like 2006. So in the 10 years it took Twitter to build up this amount of active users, Pokemon did it in a day. Like, it's amazing. Well, I mean, Pokemon's been around for 20 years. They just had their 20-year anniversary, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a cultural phenomenon, but, like, it's still, like, we're talking about how it has technical problems. I'm amazed that it worked as well as it did with the amount of attention it was getting. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also hope that this means that we will see uh, more iPhone and Android game development from Nintendo, who I know. That, Did you play the other one, Miyamoto? Uh, no, Mitomo. Like no, that's terrible. Yeah, it Come was on, terrible. Like, Nintendo makes like A plus games, and uh, their first party content is 
fantastic. They need to make games. And uh, it's just so sad that they've held out on creating games for iPhones, which like by far are the most popular uh, mobile mobile game platform or mobile game devices these days. Yeah, and even they didn't make this game. It was a yeah. third party that did it. That was like yeah. spun out of Google. Yeah, but I mean that's that's fine. Like uh, Metroid, like the Metroid Prime games, like they weren't made by Nintendo. They were like oh, yeah. with supervision of Ni- like there's partnerships that Nintendo can do that leverage the use of their uh, intellectual property and their knowledge behind making a really, really good game and some of their money in order to get people uh, games that they're really excited about and that they want to play. So I hope hope we see more of that in the future. And Nintendo can, of course, continue to make Wii games and Wii U games and Nintendo DS games and whatever other kind of NX, you know. It's not like it's an either-or proposition for them. Yeah, it was a long time coming, but I, I mean, like... Nintendo's position on mobile stuff has just been like a no, we're not gonna touch it. Uh basically up until like three months ago. Yeah. And and now they've like changed mobile gaming forever. Yeah. And in the process, you know, basically made tons and tons of money. Their stock price jumped by twenty five percent overnight when Pokemon Go was yeah. released. And that is because there is a cap of twenty five percent per day uh yeah. in either directions in that stock market. Like yeah, it absolutely crazy. It, it's added so much market value to their uh to their business. Like it's it's nuts. Yeah. So uh yeah, Pokemon Go. If you haven't uh caught some of them en route to catching them all, uh highly recommended. That's right. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um I don't know. What do you think? Do you want to call that a show? Yeah, man, definitely. I think we'll have more to talk about uh, in the future about that second bullet point. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, That one is evergreen for a little while. Um, (laughs) I got to wrap this up because uh, just really quick aside, I've been watching Stranger Things, the Mm. Netflix TV show. Yeah, I tried getting Mary Beth to watch that yesterday. She's like, we can watch it. And I'm like, we'll watch Parks and Rec. It's fine. Yeah, uh, it is great. Yeah, it is just great. We are three episodes in. There's eight episodes total. Like, like I've been excited to watch the next episode all day long. Yeah, it's like a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like I knew it'd be amazing. Yeah, it's man, it's it, it's like a, a lot of eight, 80 movies, 80s movies that you like, but it is like genuinely scary hmm. at times, and it's genuinely uh, emotional already at times. Like there there are times when uh, like I feel myself welling up. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, really solid. Highly recommended. I tried selling it to Mary Beth as it looks like E.T. slash Super 8 slash Earth to Goonies. Echo. Yeah, and Goonies. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And, and I didn't throw that one out there, but Mary Beth loves Goonies, so maybe I should. Yeah, I think that the way I, I got Cindy into it is I said, hey, I think I mentioned it earlier on in the day, and then at the in the evening we, uh, we were sitting on the couch, and I'm like, I'm just going to play a couple minutes of Stranger Things. And we ended up watching an entire episode and then last night watched two episodes. So tonight we might watch three episodes. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Keep it going. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. Cool, dude. All right. So if you want to get in touch with me, I'm on Twitter. You can tweet me. Uh, my handle is at Aaron Comp. I also have a website, which is www.aaroncomp.com. And I have a Snapchat that you should follow, which is, if you haven't guessed, at Aaron Comp. How about you, Adam? So I also have a Twitter. I am at Adam Comp. I have a webpage where I uh, link to 
blog posts every once in a while. That's www.adamcom.com. Uh, I have a Snapchat also. Uh, what is it? It's like Snapchat slash Adam Comp. Is that what, what we said? Is that said? how you do it? No, no, no. You just say the, the name and then they type it in. So that's Adam Comp. Uh, what else do we have? We've got a, uh, a Tech Down Twitter, which is at techdown.fm. We've got a techdown website that is techdown.fm. And uh, if you want to follow me on or check, friend me up on Pokemon, uh, which I don't even think is possible, but I want to read you my Pokemon name because I thought I'd have the opportunity to change this. It is H-D-J-S-J-S-B-S-B-A-H-G-A. Oh, yes is right. Jeez. That is yeah, that is my Pokemon name, and uh, they do not give you the opportunity to change it. Hey, that's still easier to remember than a Nintendo friend code. So It's, it's true. Good point. Uh, yeah, so I think that'll do it. All right, man. Excellent show, and I'll see you catching some Pokemon. See you. And my battery, fine, 32%.